0: Yes, let's have our two readings. Thank you, Steve.
1: This morning's first reading comes from Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to 15. This can be found on page 1137 of your Bibles and on the screens in front of you. That's Romans chapter 10 beginning at verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith we are proclaiming, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks thanks be to God. The second reading is taken from Matthew chapter 28 and reading from verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just pray.
0: Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus, for the gift of him into our world and into our lives. We ask your blessing upon us by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would open my mouth to speak your word this morning, You would open our ears to hear what you say to us, each one of us, and you would open our hearts to be able to respond to you. Come, Holy Spirit. And prepare us that you might speak to us now. Amen. Well, We are coming towards the end of our sermon series, exploring the stages of intimacy, the progression of growth, of deepening in fellowship with Jesus in a growth of commitment towards him. It's a journey which Sunny and Annabelle have just started the first steps on. Annabelle's been carried. It's a very appropriate appropriate way to be starting a journey. and it was just lovely to see Sonny was just starting to stand and to walk. These are the first little steps on a journey that leads a lifetime, that goes on growing in confidence and strength and in distance and uh, in richness and excitement. We started our progression, our, our series, our journey with friendship, friendship with uh, the disciples uh, friendship with other people who were friends of Jesus. Then we moved on from there to a meeting with Jesus himself, an encounter with Jesus. That led us on to discipleship, following Jesus where, wherever he leads us. And that, of course, includes giving, making ourselves and our resources, our finances available to him for the way that he chooses to use us. That led us on to. Uh, leadership, being willing to take responsibility for Jesus' people and for his work. And each of these stages of commitment takes us further, deeper into fellowship with Jesus, where we discover more of his character, his power, his love, and his purpose for our lives. And now for this next step, this next step of commitment, commitment we find ourselves not so much as drawn into Jesus' presence as sent out. Sent out to witness to his truth and the reality and love of Jesus for others. The passages that we've read today tell us four important things about stepping out into the fellowship of mission with Jesus. I'm going to use four words which we often use to kind of mean the same thing, synonyms but actually there are four different steps on this stepping outwards with Jesus in mission, moving further up and further out on mission. And the first word is witness, witness to our experience. Both of these passages begin with the prior experience of the disciples with Jesus, their relationship with Jesus himself. In order to commission them, Jesus first calls them to be with him, to meet with him. And in uh, our passage from the Gospel, from Matthew's uh, Gospel, at the end of Jesus' time, before his ascension, we hear um, uh, Matthew saying of the disciples, when they saw Jesus, risen from the dead, they worshipped him. They discovered that Jesus was not just... Not just a person, just alive like any of them. He was somebody that they had never experienced before. He was somebody who had died. They had seen him die horribly. He was very dead. And now he was very alive. And when they saw this person who was dead, now alive, again with them, now risen from the dead, they worshipped. was the only possible response for them to that experience. They worshipped him. And the commission that Jesus gives them comes out of their meeting with him, their worship of him. Now, the Greek word that Matthew uses for worship at this point is the word proskuneo actually means to kiss. It's a very intimate word. It's also used, not in the New Testament, in other uh, Greek writings, for uh, the moment when a dog uh, licks the hand of his master okay now you might think that those are completely completely different actives that have nothing in common okay but my faithful hound jude and i made a pilgrimage last week to the grave of one of his noble um inspirations um the faithful hound of king llwelyn um, named gellert whose grave is at beth gellert and speaks of a dog who faithful to his master to the end, saved his master's baby, his master's child, from the ravening wolf that had broken into the house. And even at the risk and the the cost of misunderstanding and of destruction at his master's hand, he gave himself in worship, in service to his master. What a marvellous, inspiring moment. And the connection between the dog and the wife was made very clear to me Um, on the back of a postcard that I saw in Beth Gallet which which asked this difficult question. If you were to lock your dog and your wife together in the boot of your car, after an hour when you opened the boot of the car, which of the two of them would be overjoyed to see you? This is a question that my wife showed me and asked me. Okay, maybe this isn't helping you to get to grips with the idea of proscunio as worship. Apologies for that. Suffice it to say that here is a word that speaks of a humble desire to see the best, to see the outworking of the desires of the Master at the faithfulness, from the faithfulness of the one Worships. Well, in the other passage, too, um, Paul also emphasizes the blessing of our experience with Christ. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Indeed, he goes on, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, Paul's writings are absolutely stuffed full of his understanding of the richness of these blessings that we receive. Summed up in the words that he says here, you will be saved. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. You will be safe. You will be rescued. And he's So full in his writings too of all the blessings that come to us from the faithfulness of God to us. The love of the Father for us. Summed up in these words now. You will never be put to shame. If you haven't yet found God and are reaching out for him. Paul says to you, you have just to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You only have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And you will be saved. Now, Les is going to share with us at the end of the service um, some news of the Alpha um, course that we're running, an opportunity to hear more of the love of Jesus and of the salvation and blessing that can be ours in him if we will but confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts. We will be saved in this world and the next. And it's that discovery for ourselves of Christ's faithfulness, his salvation, that enables us to bear witness to what we know. When the Holy Spirit came on the first disciples uh, in uh, fulfilment of the prophetic words of Jesus to them just a month before, and then drove them out onto the streets in the power of the Spirit, the first thing they found themselves doing was bearing witness to the extraordinary actions of God which they had witnessed, they had seen, particularly the resurrection of Jesus from horrific death on the cross and burial in the tomb to extraordinary and glorious new life, which they witnessed and experienced. So before they were anything else, they were witnesses. And if we have shared with them an experience of the risen Lord Jesus with us, present with us in our lives, then we too are witnesses. We too can become witnesses to what we have seen God doing in us or around us, declaring the amazing works of God with them. So that's the first step, witness witnessing witnesses of what we have experienced. The second step, the second word I want to use, is the word outreach. Reaching out to others who are in need. Now Paul also points out this next compulsion which is also at work within us. It's not just the joy inside us that's bursting out. The joy of a new baby. The joy of a marriage. The joy of... um, a fulfilling new job, an exciting new home. It's not just the joy of relationship with Jesus, of being liberated and redeemed and freed and, uh, and uh, reconciled to our Father. It's also the compulsion of recognizing the need that other people have. Paul asks these questions. How then... Can they call on the one in whom they have not believed? How can they call on someone that they don't yet believe in? And how can they believe in that person if they haven't yet heard about them? And how can they hear about Jesus and his good news if nobody has preached about him to them? So we aren't only driven by the joy of our experience of Jesus, to bear witness to Christ's work in us, we're also responding to the desperate need of others to share in the experience that we've received. As has been said, evangelism is just one beggar talking to another beggar and saying, here is a free meal that I've found that you could have too. Evangelism, what, it, uh, what that means is sharing good news. So We're not just responding to the joy that's in us. We're also responding to the compassion that we have for the need of others. The disciples move on from witness to outreach. And so similarly, we can reach out to others with the compassion and good news of Jesus. So, step one is witnessing to the joy inside us. Step two is reaching out with compassion for the needs of others. And step three is where those two things come together evangelism, our commission and authority to share good news. That's what evangelism, the Greek word, means sharing good news. How can they preach, Paul asks, unless they are sent? So, in order that others may hear, Of the joy that we've experienced and witnessed jesus commissions and sends us to be evangelists for him to share his good news jesus spoke to his disciples telling them go and make disciples of all nations teaching them to obey all that i have commanded you so witnessing to the joy that's within them reaching out in compassion for others the next step of fellowship with jesus is the commissioning for evangelism for sharing Good news, this next step of fellowship with Jesus in mission. Sad to say we've become very confused as Christians in this multicultural world. We've come to believe the accusations that get shouted to us, shouted against us. That our evangelism is just a power thing. It's just forcing other people to believe what we believe rather than leaving them with the authenticity of their own beliefs. I find that slightly ironic given that the accusations being shouted at us are requiring us to change our beliefs to fit the beliefs of others rather than leaving us in the authenticity of our beliefs which would require us to share our beliefs with others. But Paul has a completely different understanding of evangelism as he quotes from the Old Testament how beautiful on the mountains are those who bring good news. The gospel of Jesus is not bad news of oppression. It is good news of liberation in every possible way. To be an evangelist is to be a wonderful blessing to the world, a mouthpiece of joy, the announcer of the end of the war. And By those who hear our news with gladness, we will be received with joy and with gratitude. How lovely to me is your coming. You who bring me good news of peace with God. And of course, as we often remind ourselves, evangelism, telling the good news of Jesus, sharing his saving love with others, is something that we sometimes do with words, and sometimes do with actions, and always do with our behavior, with who we are. In fact, Annabelle and Sonny are already, without words, telling of the wonders of God, the wonders that God has done just through their very existence, through God's act of creation of them. But they will discover in time, like us, that telling good news without acting it out is generally not easy to believe. If you want people to know that Christ loved them, then you who are badged with Christ's names, you as Christians, will need to demonstrate that love of Christ for others in the way that you speak, in the way that you act, and in who you are, the way that you behave. So step one, witness to the joy that's within us, the amazing things that we've experienced. Step two is uh, reaching out in compassion to others. Step three is our commission to share good news with others. And step four is mission, discovering that we are accompanying Christ in his mission in the world. Okay, well, it's all well and good for me to say all we have to do is witness to the joy that's inside us, we have to reach out in compassion to others, and we have to take up our commission and share good news with the world. But what if we don't feel like that? What if we, what if we don't feel enthusiastic and excited about the privilege and the opportunity of going out there and sharing our faith with people we meet in Palmerston Road? Okay, we may just feel that... Doing that is going to let us in for a certain amount of trouble, a certain amount of, uh, of disbelief, a certain amount of embarrassment, a certain amount of uh, even anger. We may feel less than enthusiastic about the, how, the whole idea. If that's the case, then we will sympathize with those first disciples. Matthew tells us that they worshipped Jesus, but to an extent, they doubted. Now, this catches a bit by surprise, doesn't it? We simply can't believe that after all the disciples have experienced of Jesus, after all they've committed to Jesus, after all, uh, and with all that they are now commissioned to do, all that they will go on and do in Jesus' name, we can't believe that they don't believe in Jesus. That just doesn't make sense. Okay. In fact, the word that Matthew uses is not the word, the Greek word for to disbelieve. It's a word which Matthew only uses on one or other occasion. And it's when Peter has just stepped out of the boat to walk with Jesus on the water. Now Peter believes in the call of Jesus. That's why he got out of the boat. Peter believes in the power of Jesus to keep him up on the water. That's why he's standing on the water with Jesus. But suddenly... He catches sight of all of those big waves that are crashing around him and suddenly for a moment he loses confidence. It's not that he disbelieves in Jesus. He just suddenly loses confidence in his ability in Jesus' power to stand on water which is not after all and the situation he's had a lot of experience of. And that's how it is for us too. We believe in the call of Jesus on our lives. We believe in his power to change us and the world. We know that we have been commissioned by him to share his amazing good news with the rest of the world. But when we look at the problems that that will let us in for, we suddenly lose confidence. That's the word that Matthew uses. We doubt ourselves. As Jesus says of Peter, "O oh, we of little faith. So Jesus tells the disciples in this final moment with them before he ascends, as he commissions them to go out into the world, to the ends of the world, these 12 men, it's 11 men now, as he sends them out like lambs amongst wolves, he tells them three incredibly important things. The first is that this mission is not theirs, it's Christ's, it's His mission. We go in obedience to His commission, not because we have a responsibility to save the world. We can't do that. Only Christ can and has already saved the world. So never be troubled by the accusation that we're out to convert people. Because it's just not true. It's just not possible. We can't convert anybody. Only the Holy Spirit, at work in their lives, can change their hearts towards the Lord Jesus. All we can do is to witness to what we've experienced, is to reach out in compassion for others, and is to share the good news that we've received. The rest is Christ's responsibility. It's his mission and not ours. The second really important thing that Jesus says is that we go in his authority, not our our own. We go in the name of the one who healed people and who still heals today. We go in the name of the one who stilled the waters of the storms and will still the hearts of those who listen to us. We go in the name of Of the man who raised others from the dead. And he will give life, eternal new life, to those who believe in him. We go in his authority and his power. And the third really important thing that Jesus shares with his disciples as he commissions them to go out into all the world is that he is coming with us we are not being sent off alone as if we were uh, i don't know um as if we were um knights in um uh in in disfavor as, as if we were um knights in disgrace being sent out from the hall of the banqueting hall of the king who's there feasting with all those that he loves and who are in favour with him. And we're being sent out in disgrace to go and win our spurs in the dark world so that we can come back and find favour with him in his place of joy. It's absolutely nothing like that. Jesus, as always, is on his mission into all the world, seeking those who will respond to his invitation to join him in love and peace and grace and blessing and healing and eternal life with the Father in intimate relationship. And he is inviting us to go with him. Which means that his power will be with us wherever we go to get us out of scrapes, to pull us out of danger, to lift us out of the water as we begin to sink. He will be there right with us it also means that we will experience with him a whole new experience of fellowship, of intimacy, of friendship. As we move with him in partnership in his mission. The fellowship that Peter experienced walking on the water with Jesus was amazing Nobody else in the world experienced that incredible fellowship with Jesus. A fellowship of doing the impossible in a very, very dangerous place. It was a fellowship of trust in Jesus based on danger. And I've been in a kind of situation like that. I was once, as a young man, invited with a group of friends to go and share the gospel with a group of bikers at their meeting. And these guys are all, you know, there are tattoos and rings, and I tell you, our prayer meeting before we went in was really, really, really strong, because we were not at all sure that we would come out alive. <laughs> a fellowship of walking with Jesus in intimacy in a dangerous place, a powerful experience. But that experience of Peter was not mature yet. It was not the full experience of fellowship with Jesus. A fuller experience of that maturity of of experience of fellowship with Jesus would come for Peter when he stepped out onto the street and began to heal people in Jesus' name. When he spoke to the crowd and declared the lordship of Christ. When he stood before the, the rulers of his country and said, You can say what you like, but you know that I have to obey God and not men. In those moments, Peter stepped into a much fuller experience of fellowship with Jesus. And it's the same for us. The fellowship that we have with Jesus as we read our Bibles, as we pray, as we worship together, is as we trust God for difficult things coming up in our lives, in this coming week or year. These are important kinds of fellowship with Jesus, but they are not yet mature until we step into the experience of sharing Jesus's mission as partners with him in this world that he loves. That will come as we step out in confidence in Jesus's authority, to witness with joy to what we've experienced, to reach out in compassion to those in need, to take up our commission to share good news with the world. And in that, we will find the fellowship of mission as partners with Jesus. Shall we pray? Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the mission. Let's sing in response. Let's pray in response as we ask God's blessing on this world to which he has sent us.